Hello. It is work in progress. It's Mino. It's Monty. We're here with you until 11 this morning. I'm here in studio. Justin is... I think he's in the bathroom. I think Justin's... I'm definitely not in the bathroom. This is usually your potty time. This is usually the segment where we can hear some echo. Maybe a toilet flush. Maybe a little sprinkle. But we are joined now by a special guest. I'm excited for this. I believe this is his work in progress debut. It is. It's the great Davey Lane joining us. Hello. Hello, Davey. So can what do you hear me? I can hear you great. You do not sound like you're on the phone. No. You've got your own special studio. I inherited David Moore's Comrex box. That's hot. I know, right? <laughs> I'm getting his sloppy seconds. <laughs> you didn't want to sell that for its giant value? I mean, it's a fantastic piece of equipment. Is this where high T is recorded on that? No, high T is recorded. Well, usually it's recorded in person at uh, Toby's studio, but uh, the last couple have just been recorded on Skype. But this is in preparation for uh, Ticket 80s Prom, which is coming up on Friday. Okay. Little uh, Friday F around show? Yeah, yeah. I okay. Was, I was inspired by Walonsky's, um, his ticket Christmas music spectaculars during pandemic times. And so I decided to do one. And so this one's going to be uh, 80s prom themed. And this is going to be even better than Walonsky's. Is what not, we're I'm is what we're that. hearing. I'm not saying that. It's just going to be maybe more focused than Walonsky because <laughs> because when Walonsky comes on, it's whatever he feels like playing, and it's all over the road, and you never know what he's going to play. Whereas when I do the thing on Friday, you know it's going to be something that you might have heard in the '80s at a high school dance. So I'm kind of curious about your your '80s music fascination because that's certainly one of your top three ticket talking points is your love for the 80s you're called the erasure bear which is a nickname you sign off on yes uh, that's uh given to me by the uh the old gray wolf so i gladly accept it because i am his so is this something that is this something that kind of was like when you know your your huge bit early on or is this something where you just turned on an 80s song next to you know someone with ticket prominence they named you the 80s guy and all of a sudden this blossomed into this whole thing for you um well i think it starts with the time wasters because everybody who especially if you're you know tier three or below and you want to participate in the time wasters you need to have a hook you need to have right uh you know some reason to be up there on the stage and so i just always embraced uh, ambiguously gay 80s songs and so that became my bit but it came from a, a a legitimate place because you know i went to high school in the late 80s i graduated in 90 and so that's my wheelhouse that's that's the music of my youth is gordon like your only soldier in arms i mean i guess mike started to glom on too but... yeah i uh, mike that was during his dark period, but he has since, in his uh, golden years, gone back and rediscovered all of that 80s magic that he missed when it was happening. 
Um, surprisingly, I think Sturm is also on board with a lot of uh, 80s stuff. Because we're about As the same yeah. I know he went yeah, to the Depeche Mode show a couple of years back at the Bomb he Factory. Right. He was... But yeah, you, I think you pretty much turned Mike Reiner. I think you got him into that. Because I remember him saying he what he just you know he thought it was SG at the time, but his good yeah. buddy the Erasure Bear. Yeah, and every once in a, every once in a while, Mike will text me a, a question about a band or a type of music, and I will text back with a couple of YouTube videos for him to check out. So, you know, we're 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 partners in discovery. As as Do you have like a and erasure like a go to playlist that you give to people because as someone who I mean my music tastes are, are very specific and then just different from everyone else it's literally like ninety five percent hip hop and rap so like when I did a show with Machine I'd have to have him give me playlist of white people music for me to listen to <laughs> right? because I didn't have like any reference like he would name bands and I I couldn't tell if he was joking we had to do a segment. On whether a band name was a person, you didn't know who or Pink Floyd was. Band. I thought Pink Floyd was a dude. Steely like, Dan used... was like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It took. He's a, a she's, she, she, she's great. <laughs> <laughs> so do you she's have so like, a go-to '80s playlist that you can just give someone? No, uh, but I do plan to uh, after we're done with the uh, ticket '80s prom, which will be right after the top ten. Uh, this coming Friday at nine o'clock. Um, after I'm done, because I have a working playlist, uh, it, I haven't stacked it, and I think a lot of it will be extemporaneous, just kind of requests or just whatever I'm feeling. Yeah, but um, yeah. but after it's done, I will publish a a Spotify playlist of the uh, Ticket '80s Prom playlist. Um, but in the interim. If you want to go on Spotify and just uh, type in HT Wow, which is uh, short for High Tea with Old Waver, which is the podcast that I do, um, mm-hmm. not only will you find the podcast, but there's also two playlists. So there's one that's just called HT Wow. That's all the songs that we've played on the the regular pod, and then there's also one called HT Wow After Dark. That's all of the pod or uh, all of the songs that we've played on the subscription only version of the pod. And so not all of those are necessarily uh, 80s. Some of them are 90s or, uh, you know, of this century, but they all share kind of the, the same DNA. They're, they're all very uh, similar in musical style. I kind of wanted to get into your early days at the ticket because that was, I mean, before I really started listening, were you, did you start when the station started in 94? Were you? one of the original weekend guys or did you start a couple of years later? Uh, no, I started, I started about maybe six months into the ticket. Okay. So you were right there. Yeah. So the, the ticket came on the air January of 94 and I graduated from North Texas in May of 94. And, uh, I had known Grego from I you know I interned at uh, Channel 5 and I interned at WBAP and so I knew Grego before the ticket started just from stringing tape and from his days at WBAP and <clears throat> so I reached out to him and he was the one ha- who actually got me in the door 
And so my first job was weekend overnight board op. So that's what I did right out of school. What was your relationship with Mike like back then? Because we've always always heard stories that he was really tough to, I don't know, to crack his shell or just to, just to really get close to him, and he didn't really like new people. I, he, I think he's changed a little bit in oh, he's his later years. But he's I mean, even a ton. Even when I even took started, bit, oh right? my God, it took him a year or so to really warm up to me. I, I was one, and now that. You know, he's you're one of his favorite people. He has the nickname for you. I was just wondering what it was like, you know, a early twenties guy working at the station that he created. Like what was that relationship like? Well, I think it's twofold in that he's he is very uh cautious of new people. Like he he wants you to, to prove that you're worthy of his uh, time and attention. Um, and then also, I think at that time. One eight seven seven cards for kids. K A R S cards for kids. One eight seven seven cards for kids. Donate your card today. One eight seven seven cards for kids. K A R S cards for kids. One eight seven seven cards for kids. Donate your car today. To learn more about our programs and to donate, go to carsforkids.com. That's cars with a K. Pickup is quick and easy. You'll also get a vacation voucher and maximum tax deduction. 1877 Cars for Kids. K-A-R-S Cars for Kids. 1877 Cars for Kids. Donate your car today. Also accepting boats, motorcycles, RVs, and real estate donations. Even though he was, you know, when he started the station, he was in his, uh, I guess, mid-40s. But he had a, uh, like, a jealousy of youth. You know, he he wanted uh, to make sure that everyone had to pay all the dues that he had to pay. And so he didn't like seeing anyone younger than him having any kind of success. Uh, and so when it, it took a while for me to even get on his radar, but, uh, the thing that, that made him notice me at first was the Kenny Rogers perfect game. Um, because that was when, uh, Mike and Greg were doing diamond talk for every Rangers home game. And they were doing it live at, uh, you know, at a bar like Bobby V's or, Jay Gilligan's or something over there in Arlington. And so the uh Kenny Rogers perfect game, I was I was there stringing tape. I think Corby was there as well. And so uh you know, one of us was in the Rangers locker room, one of us was in the uh was it the Angels? I don't even remember. Um we were in the visiting locker room. And so part of what I was doing in addition to getting tape was getting uh whomever um I think I might have gotten Rusty, you know, because Rusty had the big catch. But I, I got several players to call in and do live interviews on uh, Diamond Talk. And so, you know, Ryan's thought that was great. And so that kind of ultimately got me the, the uh, ticker job on the hard line after Followell uh, switched to the nighttime show. And so uh, 
you know, he noticed me, he wanted to give me a shot, but he also hated me. And, and again, that was the generational thing because it was on the hard line at that time. It was Mike and Greg who were late forties established versus Corby, Danny, and myself who were all snot nosed kids. And so it was, uh, you know, us against them. And that was when he really hated me. It wasn't until after I was on his show much later, um, after I think I had a daughter and we bonded over the fact that we were both uh, girl dads, that uh, he started seeing me in a different light and saw me as a as an adult human. <laughs> when did you start doing uh, tickers for him on the hard line? Oh, man. Um, I mean, that was probably... <sighs> I, all of this is a blur because it was so long ago, but that was probably like 97 to 98, something like that. I only did it for... Not even a year, probably. Uh, and so long story short, so Followell goes to the nighttime show with Doug Anderson, the ender, which actually was um, Danny's, uh, his introduction to the ticket because he was their producer uh, before he went on to produce the hard line. Oh, um, and so... When Followell went to Knights, they slid me into the ticker booth, and so I did that, and then um, and then they canceled the the nighttime show, and so then they gave uh, Followell his old job back, and so then I was kind of a floater again, and then that's when uh, Bob Ortigal got sick, and so then they shuffled uh, all of the the Mavs uh, commentators around. And so that's when Mark started doing Mavs. And then when he finally took the Mavs job full time, rather than give me my job back, then they gave it to Kevin Scott. <laughs> so, Do you think the Dr. J Suns ticker played into any of these? Actions? Oh, all of it did. I was not a good, I was not a good ticker guy. I, I, was, uh, I, was, ex- I was a bundle of nerves in those days because I was uh, extremely afraid of failure and I put a ton of pressure on myself. And I was always uh, trying to write as many jokes into my tickers as possible. Right. And I always wanted to write a fresh ticker every time. I didn't want to recycle stories. And, you know, in those days it was three tickers an hour. And so those just would come at you real fast, especially when you're not a, a super fast writer. And so combine the fact of being sometimes underprepared and then also nervous as hell, I just, uh, I screwed up a lot. And so it's probably a good thing that I was not given that job back. In those ticker days, were you going off newspapers and like writing your ticker on a legal pad or is this? <laughs> no, we had some, uh, being a millennial? we had some crappy word processor. Um, yeah, okay. there were, there were definitely cut no out, there, there were definitely cut out newspaper articles <laughs> spread out on the, on the pay, uh, on the desk. Uh, and then there was like uh, the AP wire, and I think we printed those out on a dot matrix printer. Um, oh, so yeah, it was. Uh, and if if I had time, then I would also print out my my ticker script on that dot matrix printer, because God forbid I had to read it off the computer screen. That was a recipe for disaster. The Doctor J one is probably the most famous ticker you did. 
But was there any other times that either you, I don't know, had some e-break or something of you just go back and you, when you think of, I don't know, a, a, a mistake or if you have nightmares of doing tickers, is there any other moments that you think of? Um, well, not necessarily uh, like an e-break type mistake, but there was one where uh, you remember the player Jason Williams, White Chocolate? Yeah. I, I may have used a, a term for him in a ticker that uh, particularly in this century would mean uh, immediate fireable offense. Oh, no. Does it rhyme with Tigger? Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah. Like a and white version of a Our board op is searching OPEX. Oh, no, it does not exist. right now, but I do not It does not exist. I don't think it's around. If so, we probably wouldn't need no, to play but it. it. Is, but it is in my permanent record. And, you know, it was just – it was me just, uh, again, trying to uh, scorched earth – think of anything shocking and funny and not really realizing um the the gravity of what i was saying and the platform that i was saying it on and, and then uh, you were just th- floored when you didn't get your job back as ticker man <laughs> yeah i was like what what <laughs> i don't know what else what I, could did I ever do wrong <laughs> I was just saying it, man. It's oh nothing. God! I said it with a W, guys. <laughs> yeah. Did you not hear me? It's a term of endearment. <laughs> well, and that's the sa- that's the same time that there was a guy on uh, the K one hundred four morning show, and his name was the Wig. Oh, oh man! So you know there was precedent. It's, I yeah. just I felt like okay, this is a safe place, but I was wrong. That was your version of I have a black friend. Yeah, so it's okay. Yeah. K104 is a guy named the Wig. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's knock out a break. You know, we got to pay the bills, Davey. Um, when we come back, I want to talk about the formation of the orphanage with you, and we also have one of our favorite e-breaks of yours that we want to do a little play-by-play with. So more. Oh, with I also Davey have I also have a Rodman it. memory because I heard you talking about Rodman earlier. Okay, Ooh, let's talk yeah. about that. All right. Next. All right, welcome back to the ticket work in progress with Monty. Mino, we'll uh, replay some of the best of guys day out at 10.30. But first, let's keep talking with Gen X Davey, the Erasure Bear. Now, you teased something right before we went to break that I'm really interested in. We did a Dennis Rodman on the Mavs segment earlier in the show, and we were kind of curious to hear from people who uh, were covering the team or around the station whenever all that happened. And I guess you would have been square and that demographic. So do you have a good Rodman story? Yeah. Well, so that was, uh, during my heyday of covering games and it was of course, obviously the depths of the Mavericks nineties suckiness. And when it, as you talked about earlier, that bringing in Rodman was, um, it was kind of a, I don't know, a PR ploy to sell tickets. Uh, they just, they were terrible and they just thought that, uh, you know, that, that might put some butts in seats, I guess. And I was there not at his introductory press conference, but at his first game. And back in those days, uh, a generic Mavericks game prior to his arrival, you know, you would have your, your regular media outlet people 
and the uh, post-game scene would be pretty tame. You know, there'd be like 20, 25 reporters kind of milling about getting their stories done. But then once Rodman showed up, then he would always uh, have his own press conference out in the hallway or, or in a you know conference room. And there were, you know, over 100 media there uh, from all the national outlets and all of the basketball publications and then everybody local, even non-sports uh, outlets. And the thing that I most remember in that uh, first presser after his first game as a Mav, somebody brought up his number, brought up 70. And you had mentioned that uh, David Stern did not allow him to wear number 69. And so somebody asked him, they said, so why are you wearing uh, the number 70? And he said, well, Stern won't w- let me wear 69. And uh, I thought 70 was close enough because it's a 69 with a thumb up your butt. That's <laughs> <laughs> Gen X Davy. No, that was Rodman. That was me I quoting know. Rodman. That's, that's awesome. Did you play I, that in your ticker as a <laughs> no. your actuality? No, I don't well, think I, uh, I don't think I worked that into a ticker, but I should have. I mean, I mean, I guess it makes sense on why he had to why he had to ban number sixty nine. Like, I just want someone to like. I guess you can't do it now, but then would have been like <laughs> explain exactly Stern? why he had to <laughs> yell at his corpse. Why he can't wear number sixty nine? Like, what's the significance of that number? And he has to explain. Well, one, you know, one person's on one end. It's, it's mutual gratification. Nice. Maybe he's going to ban number seventy now, since you know it's right? the whole since thumb thing. Yeah, <laughs> we just need to look just... at uh, at Rodman and Carmen Electra's chart, just to see what each number means. <laughs> I can't wait till bars open back up. I'm going to be pitching so many seventies. <laughs> Just see how many girls bite. And he wore number 70. he wore number ninety one <laughs> in Chicago, and I'm just trying to think of what that number would look like. Yeah, I don't know. Like the one is pretty self explanatory, but the nine is yeah. Someone, maybe that's like your friends planking. in the corner or something. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I'm sure we could just go through all the numbers and have fun with it. <laughs> The, well, the, imagine just the overall Dennis Rodman sex life and the things that guy's done. Yeah, he was, uh, I mean, we saw it in The Last Dance, but the dude was a walking circus. Uh, his entourage, just his his hairdos, you know, he was, he was obviously post-bulls at that point and was always having the lime green leopard print hair or, you know, mm-hmm. multicolored stripes or whatever. The dude was just insane and, and the ultimate attention whore. Would he talk like after every even... game? Like, would he? Because it seemed like from that article that as soon was the ga- as soon as the game was over, he wouldn't even shower or change. He would just take his shoes off and wear his jersey back to Cuban's guest home or wherever he was living. Like, was he decent with actually giving you guys stuff? Honestly, I don't remember. I don't know that he really talked to the media that much after that first interaction, that that first game. I, I think you're right. I think he would just kind of find the the rear exit and uh, sneak his way out of the building, if you uh, will, un, unbeknownst <laughs> to the media. And I think what's funny about just his overall bit is, it's not like he's even calmed down since then. 
Since then, he's called Gordon a sea sucker at Ticketstock, and he's best friends with the biggest dictator in the world. <laughs> like yeah. he was transformed into Kim Jong Un's best friend. Well, he, think think of all the brain cells that he's killed in the intervening twenty years, twenty five years. I mean, even the way he talks, you can just kind of hear it. Yeah, like when he I was mean, on the, the ticket stock stage, the dude has abused goodness. his body, and uh, I mean, he was a mess in the '90s. So you can just imagine what his uh, mental capacity is these days. So we got into your kind of early ticket stuff last segment, and you know we don't have to talk rant stuff. You talked rant stuff a lot, especially at uh, at this last ticket stock. We were both in the AMA. Oh right, one time. Yeah, that was fun. That was awesome. Um, but how did it transfer? I guess to to you and Danny taking over the orphanage once the rant left. Was it just, hey, I want to stick around. I still want to do weekend radio. Danny wants to do it with me. We'll do the show. Well, there was a um, there was a little bit of uh, an interim process between the end of the rant and the beginning of the orphanage. Um, I don't know that it was that I was totally grandfathered the the ten to noon time slot on Saturday. I don't ne- I don't necessarily think that Cat said, well, you know, whatever you want to do, but I did have to, uh, or I at least was given the opportunity to keep it. And so I rolled out a couple of different iterations. I had um, what was called the B team, which was uh, Toby Pipes, who I do H2Wow with, and then our friend Manny. And so it was the three of us. But it basically was me having to to carry the show and those two guys chiming in because they, you know, they weren't radio people. They right. were just they were just my funny friends. But it's different being funny at the bar and being funny on the radio, mm-hmm. and um, so that that didn't really catch the world on fire. Uh, but then I also asked Danny if he would be interested in doing it, and then so we did a few shows and we ended up having good chemistry. And then uh, once we decided that we were going to go ahead and do it, we uh, needed to figure out a name because every show needs a stupid name. And right. uh, because both of us are, are children of adoption, we decided to go with the orphanage. And the rest is history, I suppose. Yeah, we just called we, ours work in progress because... As a placeholder. Did we ever, have we ever told that story of how we came up with the name? We started it on a podcast, and we're ordering a pizza on our podcast because you were we had nothing pizza tracker because we had nothing else to do. So we, we ordered a pizza and we didn't have a name and we, so we asked the pizza guy what our show name should be. And he said it could just be a work in progress. So we're like, Oh, that's pretty good. That's brilliant. I think at first we asked him to write a name on the pizza box and whatever it was on the box we were going to use. <laughs> and the, the, the pizza guy had no interest in our bit. And I think he was just trying to get us off the phone. The pizza so guy's been he did. contacting me, asking for residuals and yeah. stuff. Yeah. As, yeah, a few people have that used well, to be involved. Well, you, guys, you guys have uh, you guys have Travis and and Trey and Ryan. I mean, this is uh, this is like an all star weekend cast you've got going here. They're pretty good, pretty good most days. Most days, we get some good e breaks from everybody. Uh, but yeah, speaking of e breaks, I wanted to bring this up because I think this is a highly underrated e-break from the past few years and this might be 
This is one of the first time that Luka Doncic's name has been mentioned oh, on the yeah, ticket. I remember. Okay, I'm glad you remember because it's we've played it a couple times on our show, but it hasn't it. gotten a lot of burn on the weekday shows. But this was, I guess, so Luka was drafted in 2018. So this would have been the 27 or 2017-2018 season. And I think you were filling in for Mike or Cash, one of the Saroy twins. For Cash, yeah. Yeah, you're just filling in for Cash. And you're doing a show with Mike. And you were running down some of the NBA draft prospects. And at yeah, that because, time... Because the, because the Mavericks were definitely going to be in the lottery. Yeah. And so we were thinking about, well, where where could the Mavericks... Uh, where, where do the odds, the ping pong ball odds, show the Mavericks picking? And then who are the, the top players, the top five players available in the draft? And so, it, yeah, it was kind of known that they were going to have a top five pick in at that time at that time the two biggest names were DeAndre Ayton and Marvin Bagley just because and I guess maybe Trey Young too because they were playing on TV every day uh if you watch college basketball you would know who they were but Luca was playing in Spain and his name looks weird and it's hard to pronounce I remember we'd all say Don Doncic or Doncic or something right and and this is how Davey – I think this is edited, right? Okay. I hope so. This is, <laughs> this is how <laughs> Davey pronounced Luka Doncic. Just watching him, I don't know how he's not going to be the number one pick. And I know DeAndre Ayton and um, you know, Michael Porter, the kid from Missouri, are like kind of the consensus one, two, three with Bagley. But And there's the, the Real Madrid point yeah, guard. Yeah, Luka Doncic. Doncic. Yeah. Doncic. Is that a Don Doncic. Probably get rid of it. No. <laughs> Did I say it wrong? Yeah, I had to dump that. Yeah, so the the non beeped version is donkey penis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think but, we get. We, a, I think we a get different it. Word. <laughs> See, and I, I, I'm just surprised. Like that nickname hasn't caught on yet. Like that would be a great T-shirt <laughs> if you just walk into the double AC and you see a shirt a with donkey a donkey. <laughs> And it uh -huh. has, or maybe and it then, doesn't. And then Luca hanging down. Yeah, and it do, maybe it doesn't say, maybe it doesn't say the donkey uh, penis, but it just has Luca, and then underneath Luca is the donkey, and then that. We can't yeah. be disrespecting him like that. We got to treat him right so he stays here. You know. No, I mean that's just he's he's. Big and impressive. Yes, That's what, it's a it's a right. metaphor. And it's, if you've ever seen one, they're you know he's he's although but do, like, do you like how do you like how I played ring. it off as as a uh, legitimate mispronunciation? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're Don, saying, oh, Don, 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 is that? Am, am I saying it right? Uh, what, no. Huh? <laughs> so was that just like a stream of conscience thing? Of I think I'm going to say this or. I think I, th I think maybe in the break before, as I was looking down the list, I, I think the thought popped into my head, and if I thought if I could maybe work this in, it might be gold. And Mike didn't think so. I think Mike was on <laughs> high alert because anytime Mike or Cash would have me uh, fill in, they were very excited to have me fill in, but they were also nervous that they would get in trouble with Cat. <laughs> Yeah, I will. I have that reputation, and I, I, maybe it's you know. I feel like I feel like that I am not a uh, a disruptor 
that I'm not trying to burn the whole place down. I feel like I'm just trying to hit a few home runs, maybe some triples off the wall in the corner. And right. maybe in, in doing that, I take some big swings and have some Joey Gallo three-pitch strikeouts. I don't know. I, and I don't think you're a you're not a volume shooter either, though. Because, you know, if you're in for a week or two filling in, it's, it's not an everyday thing where we have to dump Davey. No. But if it's a... If it's a fill-in, like if you're if you're in for one day to peel the curtain back, there are times where Cat will come in and say, "Hey, Davy's into it today, so just uh, watch the dump button." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I'll you know. know I, was I like, don't okay. know. I when yeah, when it's a one-off, when I when I get one chance to be on the air for six months, then I I might have what uh, Danny would call radio blue balls, and I will. Uh, I will go for it maybe more than I would if I knew I was doing a whole week of the hard line. And then I, I would treat it with maybe a little bit more professionalism and try to prove that I am a real radio personality. But, you know, when, when you're just trying to make an impression in three or four short hours, you know, you got to... I think it also you, depends. You got to go for it. <laughs> I think you're like a uh, like a teenager, and it depends on who you're with. Because oh, Davey yeah. with John Radigan doesn't issue the donkey D line, but you put Davey <laughs> with Danny or Mike Saroy or Corby, then you might get a few more donkey D's. There, there's certainly something to that. You're, you're <laughs> onto something there, Justin. I think we've done a good job today. Love. We got the Dennis Rodman thumb story, and then we had the the donkey. And the Jason Williams nickname. Yes, yeah, we've yeah. done we've done good. Still time for a dump and chase. We've no, no we haven't had to dump anything though. We right? haven't. We we've no, uh, really. Should I cuss real quick? <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm not gonna say. Ahead. I'm not gonna say you should. I don't no, think. No, no, I don't. No. No, I I, I want to I want to keep it profesh. Yeah, we got to have you back morning. on again sometime. Yeah. this is. Do you appreciate you guys people, asking me. Do you hear people that say you sound like Mino? I have that? heard that. I think we have similar delivery. I don't think our voices sound yeah. the same, but I think we have the same kind of droll, uh, sarcastic, cadence. halting cadence. Yeah, I can see that. I don't think we sound the same either. No, but. I don't think we sound the same, but maybe you sound like my little brother. Okay. Cooper? Cooper Lane? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'll, that'll, okay, that'll be my 840 character in a couple oh, weeks. God. I Work it out. Lane. Cooper Lane. <laughs> All right, Davey. Appreciate you jumping on with us. Yeah, thanks for inviting me anytime, especially now that well, I can we, do it from my house. I know. Isn't that great? It's well, so be sure great. to check out I'm, the, I'm the, in my, uh, I'm in my underwear prom. in my kitchen. Who is, dude, I'm with you. It's great. Hell Love yeah. Working from home. Yeah, two into the ticket uh, 80s prom on Friday, hosted yes, by 9 our very own. Until whenever. Hell yeah. We'll be Hell there yeah. Friday. All right.